Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, night shift emergency physician, burnout thriver, and wellness champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Hey, it's Dr. G. Did you know that you can find me on Instagram? Two places. Absolutely amazing. Look for me at Charmaine Gregory MD and Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. It is Dr. G. I am so happy to be here with you this week. And oh my goodness, we have a very fun and extraordinary guest this week. And it is Dr. Roseanne. Dr. Roseanne, do you want to tell the Fearless Freedom Tribe who you are and what you are up to? Because you're up to quite a bit. I'm up to quite a bit all the time. <laughs> it's called being a woman and a mother. So, you know, but um, I'm Dr. Roseanne Panahaj. I'm on a mission to change the way we view and treat mental health. Um, and I have been working for 30 years, working with kids and their families and only using proven holistic therapies to help kids. Some of the most chronic issues like, you know, ADD, autism, anxiety, OCD, pans, pandas, Lyme disease. And I just have had a privilege of helping so many thousands of people, you know, really reduce and reverse the symptoms associated with these conditions over these years. Um, so I'm really grateful. And I'm also founder of the Global Institute of Children's Mental Health. Um, and I started that right before the pandemic, you know, the timing. So oh, the I timing. want yeah, everybody yeah. to know that there's natural treatments out there in the world. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 and so how does, um, how does one get involved in something like this? Like what happened? Did you have a child that had an issue or did you like, what, what, what's the backstory? Yeah. Here's my backstory. So I, um, it is my calling to be a therapist. And I was five years old. My mom's friend, Angela asked me what I wanted to be. And I told her a psychiatrist. Um, and I had no exposure to, you know, what that was, but somehow that came out of my mouth. And then I realized that was largely somebody who recommended psychiatric medication. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to talk to people and guide them. So I changed it to a psychologist. And then uh, I started working right in undergrad and I've worked in psychiatric hospitals and residential treatment centers, schools all over the place. And I decided because you could have such a huge impact with little interventions working with kids that that's what I wanted to do. And I love kids. They have such an energy. They don't know they can't get better. They don't know they can't do something. They're so open to learning. And then of course, you know, what happens, Dr. G is I get my own two kids. I'm so good at helping kids and families who struggle with, you know, mental health issues and special needs that I get my own two kids with special needs. So, oh, right? um, okay. so I'm in it. 
I'm in it all around and that's okay because they're supposed to be with me and uh, they're great kids and they're doing great. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things we can do. I look at mental health. We look at mental health is there's a limit is what you can do that we think everything is biochemical. When I want everybody, I want to flip that conversation. I want to say there's no limit to what you can do and that there's so many proven interventions that we're not having this dialogue about, which is why I'm here and out talking and, and doing all these podcasts and media, because I just, people are suffering and we want people to know about what they can do and take action on. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, so, so you had this, uh, you had the, the itch or the urge or the impetus from a very early age to be in the mental health space. That was not completely defined until you actually realized that, okay, I don't want to be the one that is making a diagnosis and then prescribing medication per se, but I want to be the one that's actually going to be, you know, talking to this person or talking to these individuals and really like helping them through their process via that modality. And so then you decided, okay, psychology was the way to go. And then from there, you basically honed in on the cherubs and then you ended up getting, (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's what I call children. And so then you, so then you, um, so then you, uh, you know, then you realize that, oh my goodness, this is something that I'm really good at. And then the universe, she blessed you with two children who you get to practice on all the time. Is oh, that yeah, I right? practice on them all the time, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and they, you know, they practice on me. They make me better, right? You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I talk about Absolutely. kids all the time and, and just, you know, all the parenting things that happen. It's the hardest job in the world is being a it parent. Is. Oh, it is. You know? And there's no, the part about it that's really difficult is that there is no instruction manual whatsoever. None. Which is and, crazy and- to me. Yeah. And the number one way we learn to parent is how our parents parented us. And, you know, parents are parenting at a generation behind them. And Mm -hmm. unless, you know, people learn a new way or or have that inclination, they're, they're parenting kids for a time that is different. Right. So even when we grew up, we didn't have all this technology overload, right? It's one of the top questions I get is how do I help my kid manage technology? Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And there is no right answer. I mean, there's, it's what's right for each family. There's definitely things that we should be doing, but if, you know, that wouldn't have been a conversation that couldn't have even been physically possible. You know, when I grew up in the seventies, it was like about TV. I mean, I remember. When yes, it was about TV. It was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was all about TV and yeah. it was only, well, for us, we only had three channels. We only had two channels because this is Jamaica. We only had two channels. Yeah. It was like, well, nothing there. Okay. Well, I guess I'm going to go outside and play. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, I remember getting cable and my dad put a lock on it so they can, nice. so yeah. you couldn't watch anything. So he only allowed us during certain times. So, you know, we, we have these kids and, you know, some of us have um, a greater sense of patience, right? Mm-hmm. Also, some of us don't understand developmentally what kids should or shouldn't be able to do. Like, I remember mom coming to me, Dr. G one time, mm-hmm. and she had was, she said, I'm so angry at my four-year-old. And I'm like, you're so angry at your four-year-old. What's going on? She's like, she cannot make her bed properly. Are you and I said, no, I'm not. And I said, what do you think a four-year-old bed should, like, what should it do? Are you asking her to just pull the covers up? Right. Should it no, she needs to make her bed 
and it needs to be pristine. And I, and she said that she had pulled the covers off. And I said, do you know that it's not developmentally appropriate for a child to be able to do a bed? Do you know that they don't have that strength, that ability to go over? Now, can they make their bed? Of course. Is it going to look pristine? They can just throw the cover over it though. I mean, that's all they can do. (laughs) Yeah, throw their cover, you know, pick some stuff up off the floor, you know, make it look like, put the pillows. Put the stuff in the cubby. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, you know, she really... Until I said that to her, she really literally did not have the idea that that wasn't yeah. something she be able yeah. to do. She somehow, she goes, I used to make my bed. I go, but it didn't matter for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no military corners on this one, sister. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it was really interesting. And she didn't have, a. I guess she didn't have somebody in her life that she could check in with about this. Right. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So, um, so we learn from our parents. We, we take what is good and not, and then we should discard what isn't useful. Right. Yeah, and we should yeah. be able to do that, you know, and their parents, no matter what kind of upbringing you had, there will, there will be moments that are of goodness that you can take, you know? Absolutely. No, that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> and what's really funny is when your parents are looking at your cherubs and they're like, well, why aren't they doing this? You were doing that. I was like, no, I wasn't. I wasn't doing that. <laughs> They're so different with their grandkids. They're, so, they're, right? they're just fine. They're just fine. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Absolutely. Yeah. They'll say, well, our, you know, you guys weren't on your devices like this. I'm like, we didn't have devices. You right. know, I remember when Atari came out in the. In oh, the, yeah. 2600. You know, like, <laughs> my brother had it with the cartridges um, and like the little oh, yeah. flip flop, the like the uh, metal switch, <laughs> turn it oh, on yeah. and off, <laughs> change the modes. Yeah, they didn't care if he was on it, but you know, I was, I wasn't on it. I was, you know, doing other things. I was outside, you know, so, so, it was, so it's, you know, so we, we, you know, parents are overwhelmed right now and, yeah, they you are. know, so they true. were overwhelmed before the pandemic, but it's pretty extreme right now. And, yeah. you know, what I think when you feel so overwhelmed, you feel like, where do I start? What do I do? Who do I trust? How do I do this? You know? And I always say little waves create big waves and you just have to pick one thing and start with the one thing and just be consistent about it. You know, so if you're going to, um, you know, you're going to prioritize sleep at home because your kids are crabby and you can't get them up in the morning. Well, then you're going to pick a bedtime. You're going to have a family meeting about it. And you're going to say, this is when we're going to bed and this is how it's going down. Okay. And then you have to be consistent about it. You can't be like, well, I'm going to let them stay up 15 minutes. Oh, I got to do this. No, Mm -mm. you have to have that consistency because without consistency, nobody's going to learn. You're going to be annoyed. Your kids are going to be annoyed and it's a lot of friction. And then there goes that overwhelm comes back. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's so important for people to realize that, you know, little things can create huge changes. Um, And I just don't think we're getting that message out. Everyone thinks, oh, you know, you're a physician, right? So you see in America, one in six people are on a psychiatric medication. Yes. Right. But we are not a happier world. People are struggling with anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, OCD, you know, Um, and, and people are feeling really comfortable being rude in the world. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what that's about. That's not cool, man. (laughs) Cool, man. Go out of your way and be nice people. 
I know. I know. It's you just know? not cool. I feel I like know. it takes so much more energy to be nasty. It does. It does. I mean, look at this. Even think about those, the facial muscles and what you utilize yeah. for the different expressions. I mean, you smile, you use way less muscles than if you frown. So why yeah. not smile? You know, it's just like that. Well, and when you smile, you, endorphins get released. Oh, and yeah, then it's so smile, many benefits. Somebody else smiles and then yeah, they. It's contagious. It's like a good contagious, too. Good contagious. Yeah. Um, but people, I think right now, I mean, we were already moving, let's be honest, we're moving in this direction where people feel like they can write snarky things on your Facebook or your social oh, posts. Yeah, it's or, terrible. You know, you know I, we recently had a summit, right? A parenting summit. It was a get unstuck parenting summit. So I got a lot of beautiful emails, but what was the first email I got was somebody who's to right away, first thing, like seven o'clock in the morning, as soon as that thing started airing, how annoying that I get in my car and you don't have an audio of this summit. Wow. Terribly disappointing. Boom. Send. And I was like, you went out of your way. We have a free summit with it's some free. of the top people <laughs> word. <laughs> and you're mad. There's not an audio file. And you sat down and composed that. Now, here's the great part of that probably a dozen people went out of their way to say how inspirational it was and how much it touched awesome. them and helped them. Awesome. And, and I was like, that's amazing. And I, we made a point to just be like, that is so beautiful. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Cause I'm Absolutely. such a gratitude person. And I love when people go out of their way. Um, and I'm really lucky on social. I get a lot of beautiful things like God bless you. And, you know, thank you. And, and I just adore that, you know, um, because it, it, it is infectious. Right. And I, I yes. think we have to flip that dialogue, but and why are people rude? People are anxious and depressed. Yeah. You know, they're, they're scared. Really, they're, really... You know, there's, there's, there's fear there. There's huge amount of fear. Huge, huge amount of fear. Right. Absolutely. In, in every decision people are making most of the time, fear is motivating their decision. Oh yeah. And you that know? was, uh, <laughs> really brought to light last year and it's still, you know, even yes. this year, we're still seeing that. So Oh, in so yeah, no, many ways uh... it was brought to light last year and in so many of the different issues that happened. And, um, you know, it was, it's people are, um, feeling this overwhelmed, they're feeling this stuff yeah. and they don't really know what to do about it. And so, you know, what I really like to talk to people about is really, you know, building a resiliency within themselves and how do you do that? And it, and it always starts within, Right. We have to relax our nervous system. We have to calm down. We have to stop expecting somebody else to do something for us or a pill to do something for us. We have to connect our mind, body, and spirit. And that means we have to dedicate at least 10 minutes a day to doing something like breath work or meditation or prayer. Mm -hmm. And yes. when we do that, we feel better. Mm -hmm. We've a ripple effect of having that positive energy and, and the positiveness that comes out of you because you're going to have more patience um, to the people who you love and care about and work with. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, and <laughs> we're going to be better off human beings, you know? And it, it means today, I did a, a training for professionals today. And uh, I, we asked on a scale of one to 10 what everybody's stress level was. Not one person, 10 being the highest, zero, none, nobody's a zero. Um, right. Not one person was less than a seven. Wow. That's pretty intense. Pretty intense. And these wow. are people that help kids. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's so uh, that's daunting. That's a little bit uh, disturbing, actually. <laughs> yeah, but I would say that, and and you know, for what my what I like to do on a Likert scale is a four or less is within a normal range, right? So sometimes gotcha. we have a little more. Stress, yeah, I mean, right? you're gonna have some stress. Yeah, and maybe you have a ten day. <laughs> yeah, those like, days do happen. <laughs> Even to right. the most grateful people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, you know, but what's happening is nobody's really taking a moment. We talk about self-care, you know, we don't realize that the key to mental health is having coping skills, right? Mm -hmm. And yes. when we have coping skills, right, and we have resiliency, it's resiliency is about how you view, manage, and recover from stress. And the more you're activated, hyper-stress activated, which happens with good and bad stress, we just live in the stressed out. These people that I was with today, they're all sevens or brothers, they're hyper-stress activated. So that means when a real stressor happens, you run out of gas on the highway, um, uh, you get fired from your job, you're, you mm. get in a terrible argument with your teenager. Mm -hmm. That means your how you view that stressor is going to be way more of a negative impact. You're going to feel it more strongly than somebody who is all, all like a two on the stress meter. Okay. If you're seven and a stressor happens, you don't have any wiggle room. Your physiology, you know, the autonomic nervous system, your physiology is you're already kind of hovering in the sympathetic dominant stressed out oh, yeah. state. We want to be in parasympathetic. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we, how you get around that stress is always going to happen. People, we cannot outwit it. You have to get your nervous system into this chilled out, relaxed state. And that's by giving it 10 minutes a day of something that is very intentful and you're going to create that space and you're going to do it and you're not going to knock it down on the priority list. It's super, super important. And that can have such a positive impact on your mental health and your relationships with people. Because you're going to be more- Oh, I, I totally get that. I totally believe that. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, you're dealing with people all the time in crisis in a hospital, right? Yes, yes. And yes. you get to see what happens, right? Some people come in and you're like, you were just in a massive car accident and you're totally charming. <laughs> you know yes, what I mean? Yes, we do have those people. <laughs> yes, and then you have somebody where they like, Stub the I toe and they're like not nice. Not nice. <laughs> I'm like, I'm here to help you. You came to me. I didn't come to you. No, you know, <laughs> and um, and you know, it's they're they're I always just look at it as their system is stress activated. And we don't know what happened before they got there, but you Absolutely. know, my thing is you become an adult. You got to dig in and do the work. You can't, you can't use the excuse, well, you know, I I had X, Y, and Z right? You are here and you can be present in this moment and you got to do that inner work. And it starts with regulating your nervous system. Then you can do other things like talk to a therapist. If you're always rude to people or you're always angry and you can't break that cycle, you feel stuck. Right. Um, but so much can happen when you take care of yourself in those, you know, just, just as little as 10 minutes a day. You might need more if you're extra cranky though, but <laughs> <laughs> double dose. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And so, you know, you mentioned a couple of things that um, I would like to explore a little bit more. Now you, you said that, so we talked about, you know, how everything got started. Um, but we didn't talk about the, you know, the fear that you may have had, or that you had to um, navigate getting mm -hmm. started, right? So yeah. 
do you want to want to share a little bit about that? Well, you know, I mean, sure. You know what? I mean, I think whenever you get started in any any career, right? You know, when you're doing something and you you're helping people, you always have the fear: Do you know enough? Right? And you know how how I accomplished and got over that was just really. I'm a research nerd and I just took time to really dig in. I am very lucky. I was raised by people who um, freed me from the opinions of others. Oh, nice. And uh, yes, yeah. They're not perfect parents, but as I always talk about them, Tony and Philomena, immigrants from Italy, um, you know, really taught me don't give a crap what other people think. Nice. And when you do that, you don't have to be perfect. And perfection is a terrible, terrible thing to, uh, you can never be perfect. And so like, I'll, you know, in this pandemic, I wrote four books in four months, right? Oh, Why? that's awesome. You're oh, very I'm productive. productive. <laughs> I'm very productive because there's going to be a typo. Don't send me an email about it. Even though I had a book editor, I'm sure there's something in there needs to be fixed. But when we just say we're doing this, our yeah. heart is in it, right? Yeah. So I don't do anything unless it's a hell yeah. If it's if it's if it's a not a hell yeah, it's a hell no, right? So that's really important. And then I only means I'm doing things I love and I believe in. So I'm super grateful for 30 years I've been able to do stuff that I love. Are there are moments when I'm really irritated, yes. And it's usually because I'm this trailblazer and pushing the limits all the time what, what we think we know about mental health. And I'm always like, did you see this research? Did you, you know, did you see that? Come on, nice. let's go people. And, um, you know, it's, it's not okay that everyone is on all of these psychiatric medications yet totally still struggling. That means we're not doing things right. Right. So we need to look at the data. We need to look at other research, right? Emerging research, uh, peer-reviewed research, and we need to present this information to people in a way that's digestible, which I which I do, and that's my whole work. But you know, I think that you know we always have these natural fear points. I am not. I am generally pretty fearless. I think the time where I struggle with fear is just in parenting. When my kids have struggled with something, um, yeah. my older son has chronic Lyme and pans and he's an externalizer. He's a kid that at different points, you know, he's that obnoxious kid. He's the kid that struggled to make friends. He's the kid that emotionally dysregulates. And that's been hard because here I am, I've been able to help him, but it has been a long road and, and it is not, um, easy when your kid is struggling. It is the worst thing in the world to see your kid struggling. And that has brought more fear into my life than any other thing, right? You know, wow. me going yeah, and no. doing my dissertation, piece of cake, me going and cake. speaking the in front of the park. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> me speaking, in, you know, going on TV all the time. I don't even get nervous at all. Like I'm like, bring it. You know what I mean? So nice. um, I'm waiting for the TA show and GMA to call me. It's almost happening. Oh, there you time. go. There you go. <laughs> but so it's, it's, you know, and what's that fear for me is my child. There's no, in those right. situations, there wasn't control. Right. You know what I mean? So I had to change my mindset. I had to get more in that moment and connect in that moment and um, be grateful for those moments that has had, you know, in there, the good and bad has bought, brought some great things into my life. It's also brought a lot of sadness for things because when your kid is challenging and has mental health issues, 
boy, does it repel people. Boy, do people leave your life. Boy, do people say things to you like, well, you know, why don't you just send him to a psychiatric hospital? Why don't you just do this? Why don't you do that? Well, I didn't ask you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, that's uh, we, that's kind of bold. That's really yeah. bold. Yeah. Well, that's what happens to people because they don't know what to make out of, you know, if he was a meat kid and, and just sitting in the corner worried, nobody would think twice about him. Right. But if your kid is angry and, and, um, you know, mental health looks, runs the gamut from internalizers to externalizers. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have these kids that are worried or adults that are worried and we have kids that are violent and adults that are violent and aggressive in their talk, um, in their actions and, you know, our jails and, and our uh, police interactions, you know, 50% of police interactions involve somebody with mental health problems. You know, yeah. our hospitals are filled with people with mental health problems. Like we are not, we have moved into this crisis modality, uh, mentality for, for supporting people with mental health. And, and that's why I focus so much on kids because there's so much we can do and parents are highly motivated to help their kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no. Thank you for the work that you do because it's, uh, it's definitely needed, um, and appreciated. So, uh, and it's very disheartening to hear that you were told those not so nice things that you were told yeah. about. I know. Child. And I'm no, you, I'm no different than other parents. Other parents are told that all the time, you know, wow. um, you know, in my summit myself, Bob Hope's granddaughter was there and uh, my friend JJ Virgin, who's essentially a celebrity, all three of our kids were kicked out of preschool and were told horrible things right to our face about our kids. Wow. So it doesn't matter who you are. This happens to people. We should never say that. We should never be told that. No kid is bad. I don't care how old they are. No kid is bad. They're, they're acting in a way because they don't know another way or their system is high, their brain is hijacked. You know, we need to provide more support. And, and this mm. pandemic is going to show itself that we really, oh, really need to it's be really proactive. Yeah. You know, bad. people are hurting the research, yeah. the survey research is already showing such an uptick in anxiety and depression and suicides. So uh, amongst adults as well. So, you know, we really need to recalibrate and teach people about how to regulate their nervous system with, you know, diet and exercise and, you know, these different types of therapies that are very helpful, you know, simple breath work, dramatic impact on your brain and body functioning. So people just don't know. And that's why I do yes. these kinds of there's a, there's a reason why the Apple watch tells you to breathe. <laughs> Exactly. Right. I like, cause I'm like, you know, my, my, my watch will like ping. Okay. Breathe. Yes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I better do that. <laughs> I better breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean obviously intentional breathing, it's not like, you know, I'm being yeah. facetious, but yeah, like yeah. that, you know, it's a simple thing, but you know, like you said, it can be pretty profound in its effect because you, gotta you do are it. focusing on that thing. And then yes, it is a matter of actually doing it just like the 10 minute exercise that you recommend on a daily basis, making a huge difference over time. The same thing is true with, you know, the breathing, the breath work and like really focusing on your breath. I mean, there is a, also a reason why people who do yoga are not angry people. <laughs> I mean, hello. <laughs> and they're, they're very cordial and community oriented, you oh, know, very I mean? much. And they're all about like, you know, how can I make the world better? Why? Because Absolutely. they like, 
they understand that like they have they said well, they, they, they even set an intention them. before they start their practice like it's there's so many elements of that that are that are just like so applicable like if we did these things that you know we probably would be better off you know absolutely we need more yogis in the world is really what there you what go there you, you go know? more yogis <laughs> you know kids most kids love yoga like oh, i still they, they do. Certainly do. My kids love schools. bending all up, up, all over the place and doing yoga. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, yogis focus on breath, you know, that's where they start with that breath work and connecting to their body. And then, you know, once your kids are more aware of their body, then they know like, Oh, I'm upset about something. I better take a second and figure out what that is. Instead, we're just disconnecting, disconnecting all the time and everybody's shoving everything down. And they think, well, I don't want to deal with that. Um, you know, I have a difficult child or, or maybe I lost my job or whatever it is. I'm going to go take a pill because mm. I don't want to deal with this right now. When doing the work and being uncomfortable, it's, it's a, it's a sign you're supposed to take care of things right? And there's so much more that people can do, right? So if it's not to shame people on medications to say that there's still more work to be done. If you're that dysregulated and you don't, doesn't matter where you, how you shove it down, healthy and unhealthy ways, it's going to creep back up. So address those issues in the best possible way that you can, and don't try to avoid them because they're going to show up in ways you don't like, and not when it's convenient. Indeed. Indeed. No, that's great advice. Absolutely. Fantastic. So you need to let us know. So you mentioned all the books, right? So I don't know yeah. which book you would like to mention, but yeah. um, you need to let the uh, Fearless Freedom Tribe know how they can reach out to you and uh, um, what your latest project is. Yeah. So my, my book that's coming out, it will be out by the time this is released. It's called It's Gonna Be Okay. Um, and it's about proven ways to improve mental health. And I dive has over 40 pages of research just so people can trust what's there, but it really shows you the different ways. It gives you all that information. It shares great, you know, case studies and stories so you can see it into practice. Um, and then you can find me everywhere as Dr. Roseanne and that's D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N. That's my website. That's me on TikTok, Instagram, you name it. That's where you can find me. Awesome. Awesome. No, that's important. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, you've shared some great nuggets today. So appreciate, appreciate you for doing that. We're at that part of the show where we do our tradition. And I am wondering, Dr. Roseanne, if you are ready, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Awesome. So the first one is if I am fearless, I will. If I am fearless, I will always speak my truth. Love it. The next one is, to me, fearless freedom means. To me, fearless freedom means to have people in your life that you love and to be doing things or only a hell yes. I really like that hell yes thing. <laughs> just just the next time you're unsure, to- be like, is this a hell yes? Then oh it's a hell no. It speaks to boundaries and yeah. that's one of my issues. Absolutely. I have some boundary issues. Yeah. But yeah, and, and you know, women, I'm not, <laughs> men are really better at setting boundaries in a lot of ways and women we want to please. So it's important. Oh, I, you know, I got to see Oprah in, in 2020 and, um, you know, she was like, who's in their forties and fifties. And we were like, ah, 
Nice. And um, she was like, it's the best thing ever because you get to say no to people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's so that. That's true. <laughs> so important. Boundaries, boundaries help you and help others. That's so true. That's so true. People do want, they, they want that, you know, they crave it, even though they don't necessarily know it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Awesome. And then the last one is my battle cry is. My battle cry is. I'm, I'm changing. I'm on a mission to change the way we view and treat mental health. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. Cause I know you have a packed schedule to be with us here on the, on the fearless freedom with Dr. G podcast and talking to the fearless freedom tribe. We appreciate you and keep rocking it with all the amazing work that you're doing, making a difference in the mental health of children. So we appreciate you. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. And you know, I say my book is called It's Gonna Be Okay because I want everybody to know it's gonna be okay. And it's what I tell every parent. So start by taking care of yourself. Best advice I can give every single person who's listening right now. So important, so important. Thank you.